Hi everyone, welcome back to Turak Chat. My name is Phil Carew and I'm the Head of Digital Technologies and E-Learning at Turak College. Today we are joined by... Alexa Rosakis, Year 11 Media Student. And we are so excited to have our special guest for our last episode, Lorraine Kabindi-White. Lorraine, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Lorraine, could you tell us, just to start off our podcast, a little bit about your career and your journey so far? It's a working progress, like planning, trying to um, keep my art career going. Especially at the moment, it's only a part-time artist as I'm a full-time mum to six girls. Yeah, wow, yeah. wow. We're actually <laughs> at reading the age up. of 28. <laughs> 20, oh, wow. Age of 28, yeah. <laughs> uh, mum to six girls. We're actually reading up a, a little bit about your mentoring program and we're um, yeah, really intrigued by that whole program that you were working with. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the program's called uh, Melbourne Indigenous Transition School. We select remote Indigenous kids from the Territory and um, rural Victorian um, Koree students and they do like a 12-month transition into Melbourne city life. We provide them with an education and it's based at the Richmond Football Club in the Korangumaji um, Institute and then at the end of the year we um, provide them with scholarships to partner schools. So the two girls that are here with me today They've um, been given scholarships to Siena College in Camberwell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and did you say how long have you been doing this program for? I've been with the program since the beginning, so this is our fourth year. Oh, wow. But this is our my first year looking after the six girls. Yeah, well, how are you finding that experience to, I guess, mentor <laughs> and support these six girls? Um, very challenging, especially going straight into looking after teenage girls. <laughs> 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 Missing the whole kids from that baby to in between yeah. to moody teenage yeah. Yeah. young <laughs> ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, this podcast is all about personal growth. So is there any um, maybe advice that you would give to your six daughters your six mentees as they're listening or any um, advice you would pass on the main one would be um, be patient things will come gradually and to keep being courageous and just stay in school whether it's completing your education down here or whether it's choosing to do it back at home yeah great yeah but just to be true to yourself yeah that's yeah that's beautiful and I think we really encourage our students to be true to themselves as well so we really want everyone listening to I guess take that message away be true to yourself and it does take time for anything to happen so you know I think it's really important for our students to build and learn how to be resilient um, mm. is really really vital yeah you're a part-time artist at the moment mm-hmm. um so when did you know that you wanted to do art as a career when you wanted to implement it into your everyday life well I guess I've grown up with um art being around me being a granddaughter of a very established Indigenous artists, um, my grandfather Lofty Boreona Jimerick, and just seeing that art can be another medium and a platform to educate other people in um, Indigenous culture and knowledge and the history of our people. Amazing. Working as an artist, have there been challenging moments along the way? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of challenges, whether having had exhibitions and then there's always negative feedback on um, something that you've created or finding it hard to not read the trolls and um, reading that people don't appreciate what I've created 
putting myself out there and um, participating in art competitions and always getting knocked down and having um, judges criticise your work and finding it hard to not take it to heart. I think my advice would be to surround yourself with really good supporting people who know your true self and to not be so hard on yourself as well. Yeah, great. North Melbourne Football Club Guernsey that you designed. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing achievement and it looks, you know, if this was a podcast, we'd be able to see what it looks like, but it's incredible. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about maybe that experience and working with the North Melbourne Football Club and that design process that you went through? Yeah, uh, two years ago I had a, um exhibition and a, a club official attended my, my exhibition and I think f- from there he reached out to me and asked whether I'd be interested in working with the Indigenous um, players in creating a design. From there, going into the club, working with the the young players, um, finding out their stories, their background, and then through several meetings, gradually um, getting to what the design looks like now. I really enjoyed it, and especially seeing what it looks like now. (laughs) Well, working with the Indigenous players, they had told me about their totems and then their stories into the design and their importance and their families um, importance in their totems and then we thought that, that that'll be something that they'd be proud to wear in Indigenous round so we have the three stripes and have their totem designs in those stripes yeah beautiful and those stripes are representing their different uh, players right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the different right. players yeah can you tell us a little bit more about your grandfather and how he inspired you to become an artist yourself I, I guess it was a a really young age just sitting beside him when he would paint and he kept it very interesting with the way he would tell stories while he painted or would sing songs about the subjects that he'd paint and I was just so fascinated by it. I think that's something that really pulled me into the visual creativeness. What are some of your maybe like your favourite mediums to work with or maybe some inspirational themes that you you find yourself working with? Mm, I love going back home. I love um, being able to ground myself in, in my country and letting the, um, the power of nature really help me guide my creativity using a lot of natural um, materials, whether it's harvesting bark and having my uncles help me rip bark off the trees, the flattening process of it, going and finding ochre, and then having that time of, okay, what story do I want to put on this piece of material? Amazing. Now, I'm interested to know what are you most proud of in your career uh, and what where do you ideally want to be in in five years time I think what I'm very impressed with with myself is that being able to juggle doing full-time work as well as um, my part-time art career and still finding that time to have those creative process and find time to find galleries and have exhibitions kind of to keep that going but I think I'm very lucky in the fact that my contacts with galleries and museums is only from my grandfather so I really am privileged to to have those opportunities because of what my grandfather had um, has paved the way. So Lorraine, what exhibitions have you done and, and where has your art been displayed? My very first solo exhibition would be Lawn at the Kudos um, Art Gallery and then I think a couple of years later I was lucky enough to 
participate in a group exhibition that was held in Darwin and also entered into the the Telstra Art Awards and shortlisted to then be in a different exhibition which then my work sold in that exhibition and then did another solo exhibition in Frankston and then a a group exhibition in in Caulfield in Melbourne again but then there's also work group commissions that I've done which was in Sydney but group exhibitions that was in Sydney relating to my grandfather's retrospective exhibition. Amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that about your uh, grandfather that sounds amazing and such an inspiration for you as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your inspiration and maybe how your work is uh, different to your grandfather's and how you make your own distinct style? I'm very privileged to have people that are in um, in careers that are whether it's um, in museums or galleries um, who have given me feedback on seeing my work and um, seeing my grandfather and working with my grandfather's work and just giving me advice on that okay um, Lorraine you're an amazing artist and you've been taught by the best but reflects too much of your grandfather's work and collectors or people who admire your work will might mistakenly think that it's your grandfather's maybe it's time to try and create or um, experiment with your techniques and that's where I've um, for the past couple of years have been really working on okay I'm I'm Gupbindi I've been taught by an old master painter what what does Gupbindi's work look like and that's where I've been really trying to find techniques that will tell my story. Lorraine, you've talked about um, your mentoring program that you're a part of and your six daughters and um, you have um, I'm sure some great mentors yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your mentors and what you look for in a mentor and then maybe even uh, what our students or our listeners should look for in a mentor? The mentors that I have had or um, look for are people that I can relate to where we've either had similar past stories or can connect with each other on the same level and then that that's where we will base our mutual respect for one another and once you've got that respect then that's where where your relationship can go beyond that and then that will help you you'll want to listen to that person and hear their advice whether it's going to be harsh or positive and mutual respect's really really important mm. when you're know, working with a mentor or really with anyone so yeah they're great tips to share as well thanks so much Lorraine for joining us this afternoon we've really enjoyed getting to know you and hearing about your story it's been really inspirational to hear about your mentoring uh, program and also your art career thank you so much for being here thank you thanks for having me thanks Lorraine it's now time to wrap up our podcast and reflect on the inspiring stories we have heard from these exceptional women let's flash back to episode one Sally Bloomfield I would like to share with the girls being true to yourself and really following your own journey, uh, working really hard, being resilient to things that are around you, whether it's social media or negativity going on in your life. Uh, Just try and build your own little force field and don't Mm, let negativity in and just, you know, laugh and enjoy and try not to take yourselves too seriously and have fun with whatever it is you want to do. 
episode two was founder of Kiki K, Christina Carlson. There's a lot of things I would say to myself, but number one is take some time to really write down your dreams. Ariana Huffington had a really good quote saying, failure is not end of a journey. It's 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 a stepping stone to success. And, uh, you know, I was actually really listening to a podcast on my way down here. There was a guy talking about most billionaires. If you study billionaires, you know, they failed, you know, so many times. So I think it's an important message for all students to, to it's okay to fail and it's okay to try and it's okay to not knowing and try and then start over again so regardless how much you feel like your future you have at one time life will end and um, really really understanding that at a young age you will make the most of every single day episode three is radio host pj harding for me, it's being true to yourself and being authentic. Yeah. Um, it was the biggest thing for me, learning to connect with listeners. The most powerful breaks are when you're being honest, you're being relatable, and you're not overthinking who you are. I think it's really easy getting caught up thinking, oh, I should be this kind of person, yeah, or definitely. I'm a woman, I should try and be really super feminine or say the right things. Yeah. I sort of look back at when I started, and my approach now, it's sort of changed and it's been really empowering looking back because I used to feel like I had to be a certain person yeah. and then it was that point where I was like don't just because you're a girl or whatever you like, I talk a lot about toilet humor and things <laughs> like that and it was quite cool breaking that barrier of what is expected yeah so I think for me honestly it just comes down to completely owning who you are Episode four is former Olympic basketballer Natalie Porter. Look, I think that the road is long, definitely, and you're going to come up with lots of challenges and bumps along the way, but you're also going to come up with lots of successes and fun times. So um, the most important thing for me in my life and how I guide myself through all all types of diversions is just to always stay focused, positive and fun-loving, really. And um, I think that's really important. Nothing is ever bad enough to you know go well that's it I can't do this anymore there's always people around you that love you and care for you and make sure you surround yourself with a good tribe of people and they'll take care of you along the way episode five former olympic netballer bianca chatfield you'll gradually figure out what you're good at and you know what you're good at but i think sometimes it's about listening to other people around you and not everybody because we all have all these voices plus our voices in our head telling us what we should and shouldn't do But as I got older, I started to surround myself with people that not only made me feel good, but were also very honest with me. When I got dropped from the Australian team, it wasn't my parents who I went to. Of course, they feel sorry for me. Of course, they want me to be in the team. They're going to tell me all the right things. And they were great in one way. But I needed people around me that were going to say, okay, were you good enough? Were you fit enough? Did you do all of this stuff? You know and give me a bit more of a real version but still you know giving you a hug and making sure you're okay at the same time I definitely had people around me when I was at school and as I was navigating my way through uni who would point out my strengths for me I think if we all thought about it there's so many times we're told what we're good at but we ignore that because we're too busy looking for the negative you know when you get an exam back and you're like (laughs) looking through your marks and you're like where did I go wrong rather than oh I did all this right and I think that's how it helps you identify what your strengths are actually listening to what people are telling you and the feedback that you're getting. Episode 6, Victoria Racing Club Ambassador, 
Georgia Connolly. This friend of mine spoke to the Victoria Racing Club and said, I actually think I've got a girlfriend that would suit the role really well. And they took a chance and they wanted to meet with me and she had to break the news to me that she had put my name forward without telling me. And I nearly died. I was like, oh my God, what have you done? And it was, yeah, it was quite shocking. And I thought, no, no, no I'm not that girl. Like I don't do that sort of stuff. And um, I was quite happy in my small little existence. And she said, just get out of your own way. And it is, that's the best advice you can give anyone. Just let the opportunities come to you and you know and just roll with them next minute it turned into a second interview and then before I knew it it was down to me and two other girls and we were meeting with the head of my PR and and the interesting thing about that interview we were told it was going to be a formal interview and I went and I'd memorized all of the designers that Maya had on their you know list of brands and I'd done all of my homework and research and then I got in there and it was the Victoria Racing Club head of PR and it was my head of PR and the two of them were just chatting like old friends. I sort of sat there for a second and then I was like you know what I think they just want me to keep up with them so I just started chatting with them after maybe 20 minutes of just gossiping and (laughs) chit-chatting and um sounds like a fun interview. (laughs) Yeah it was it was um they said to me that's great thank Thanks very much for coming in and I assume that went okay I later found out the two other girls that interviewed didn't pick up on that hint that's what they were after was just to see that you could keep up and banter and just go with the flow you know they were sort of sitting there obviously waiting for formal questions about them and why they want this role and mm-hmm. that's not what it was so you have to be dynamic and adapt to situations episode seven was Australian actress Brooke Satchwell do you know one interesting thing And I guess this kind of applies to life. Never stop. Keep going. That's a magic rule in in our world. You do because you never know what magic's going to come and sometimes the accidents are the best bit. We were doing this scene and it was all very intense and it was working really well. And for some strange reason at a particular moment in the scene, I laughed. Just one little laugh. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I hit a point of discomfort or confusion or what had happened. And it was just this little... (laughs) And I sort of sucked it in and we kept going with the scene. Now that ended up in the actual episode, that ended up part of the scene and it worked beautifully because it actually read as a correct choice in the context of that scene. And everyone was saying to me, that's amazing. Like, it's so great that you made that choice. And it's like, it was an accident. It was the strangest impulse that just came from me in that moment. And it turned out to be something that everybody praised. So you don't let go of the play. You just trust that. And you keep going and even when it gets uncomfortable and it gets a bit weird or it gets you don't really understand what's going on, you stay with it, you stay with it, you stay with it, you come out the other side and it's genius. Episode 8 was Victorian Attorney General Jill Hennessy. Living your best life means actually taking time to reflect upon um, what's happened every day, what's happened each week, what's happened every month and then comparing that to what you want your life to look like and thinking about how you get there. I think people are often a bit hard on themselves and um, when we think about living our best lives, we, you know, again, often imagine that as being 
focusing on what we don't have and trying to reorient our thinking to focus on what we do have because we're incredibly lucky we live in a wonderful country and we live in a safe society with lots of opportunities and those opportunities are only going to keep growing so I think gratitude for what you've got now is probably the most important step to try and focus on how it is that you want to grow and don't be too hard on yourself because you know things change in an instant Last, but certainly not least, was episode nine, artist and mentor Lorraine Cabindi-White. Reading that people don't appreciate what I've created, putting myself out there and um, participating in art competitions and always getting knocked down and having um, judges criticise your work and finding it hard to not take it to heart. I think my advice would be to surround yourself with really good supporting people who know your true self and to not be so hard on yourself as well. That is a wrap on Turak Chat Podcast. We thank you for listening to our stories and we really hope you gained a sense of empowerment and inspiration from our guests. This podcast was proudly brought to you by Turak College in Mount Eliza. 